I'd like to start out this episode by saying that I'm still recovering from a several week long cold and congestion, so the sound quality on this episode is not as good as I'd like it to be, but hang in there with me, I think it's still entertaining. Hello, and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris. I'm I'm Matt Childs. Hospice social worker. (laughs) That's Matt, my partner in crime, and he's going to join me today. We are going to talk about our fascination with procedurals today. What do you think about that? I never knew they were called procedurals until just the other day. (laughs) So, uh, apologize in advance. We have a brand new puppy and he may be playing with some things in the background and making some noise. So if you hear something weird, that's probably what you're hearing. All right. So I thought we'd probably just start out about how this conversation came about, which is that we record Dateline. And every time we go to catch up on Dateline, there's maybe five or six episodes, and we always scroll through them. Because, of course, they don't say in the info, who is the investigative reporter, which is just rude. Yeah, it's not, we're not just recording the new ones, we record a lot of reruns too. Yeah. But unless it's uh, good old Keith Morrison. Game Then, you know, is it really worth watching? He's like the velvet fog of Dateline. <laughs> so, Keith Morrison, obviously the favorite. I mean, if there's a good enough story, I'll watch it when someone else is investigating. Yeah, it's got to be a great story though. And every once in a while, they fool you, and Camo is the host. I didn't know that. And not the investigator. Remember, we saw that the other day. He wasn't the investigative reporter. He mm-hmm. was the host. So. Not as good, though. No. They suck you in. <laughs> but every time we see him, like you, you have to get two or three minutes into the intro, and then they finally show. And then you hear, Keith Morris. <laughs> <laughs> and then both of us collectively... Yes! Keith Morrison! (laughs) So, we are not exempt from this addiction to these procedural type shows. And since you hadn't heard of it, I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of procedurals. I thought I'd just kind of start out with a definition of procedurals. So, I looked it up. And a procedural is a TV series, film, or novel characterized by detailed, realistic treatment of professional procedures so specifically it's usually police and we'll get into a lot of more of those specific shows but cop rock <laughs> it's also called inverted detective story mm. because normally you get to know who did it right away and then you find out later kind of what the story was of course that's not always the case right, but right. so it seems like this traces back the roots of this Trace back way back to the 1880s, and there was a novel uh, called V as in Victim. That was, I'm sorry, that was actually a novel in 1945. But the actual 1880s was uh, something that Lawrence Treats wrote. And it really didn't catch on until we started having radio shows. And for those of you that are baby boomers, You may remember the old show Dragnet that was first a radio show in 1949 and then made into a TV show 
1951 to 1959. <laughs> Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> and that was Jack Webb for Dragnet. Then shortly after that, uh, of course, a lot of people remember Perry Mason in the same days, 1957 to 1966, and then Andy Griffith, 1960 to 68. So all those in kind of the early days of TV when there was probably three channels and the kids were the channel changers and you probably had rabbit ears on your TV. And that's what I was wondering, if uh, sitcom cop shows could be considered procedurals, even though is it just the definition is just it's a officers, police officers doing their daily work? Well, it does say detailed, realistic treatment of procedurals. Now, it could still be realistic and funny. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but Reno 911 comes to mind. When we're Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah, exactly. Right. So, did you watch a lot of those shows when you were a kid, those black and white shows? I don't think I watched... I saw a couple Perry Mason. I did watch... Andy Griffith's show, mm-hmm. but I I saw fewer Dragnet. I did see some, but we did. Uh, we were watching the Emergency that. Oh yeah, fire, Emergency uh, fire engine mm-hmm. EMT show. Yes. Well, was I, I was looking this up, and I was trying to just look up all the shows, and this is by no means an extensive end-all, be-all list because we don't have time for that. Nobody's got time for that. Uh, but some of the ones that really came out were uh, Cagney and Lacey, 1981 to 88. Oh, wasn't there a Adam-12? Was that a police show? Do you remember that? Adam-12? I remember the name, but I didn't watch it. I don't okay. know. Anyway, go on. Uh, so Cagney and Lacey, 1981 to 1988, that had Tyne Daly and Sharon Gless, two strong ladies. And in the 80s, that was kind of the time when that was happening, that movement of... Yeah, they were the newer version of Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Hill Street Blues came out at the same time, 1981 to 1987. And that had 98 Emmy nods. Yeah, that was a huge cop drama. Yeah. Uh, my mom was glued to that every time it was on. Yeah, Hill Street Blues was a big deal. It didn't have a lot of audience acclaim, but it had huge critical acclaim. And... You know, obviously it wasn't on for that long, only six years, compared to some of these newer ones we're going to get into here in a minute. But it made a, it made a mark. It was a big deal. Yeah, I got the I got the theme song going on in my head right now as we're thinking about it. How's it go? I don't remember. Oh right. That's right. That's right. Um, so getting into, oh, I did forget um, Columbo, by the way. Sorry, Good old Columbo. Peter Peter Falk. That was pretty long running. That was 1971 to 2003. Yeah, he was a detective. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but they did count that, excuse me, as a, as a procedural. Mm. So some of the newer ones I was looking at were uh, Monk with Tony Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. That's 2002 to 2009. Did you watch that? I think you watched that. I saw several episodes. I liked, yeah, I liked him from when he was on Wings, so I, followed, uh, I went to see Monk to see how he was on that show. Wow, Wings. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, NYPD Blue is another one, uh, 93 to 2005. There's this show, I don't know if you've heard of it, called Law and Order. <laughs> it was in the 90s. Oh, we're getting there. 
so the various NCIS and CISs that not only have multiple spin-offs, but the original NCIS, I think, is still number one. Yeah. Still new episodes. Absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong with Mark Harmon. Come on. You, you can, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of listeners are yelling at their phone right now because they love NCIS. I don't know. You started smacking people in the back of the head, and I tuned out. <laughs> That's fair. And then uh, CSI's, multiple CSI's. Um, CSI was 2000 to 2015, uh, yeah, the, original, the original. He'd say something clever and take off his sunglasses, and then they'd play the who. <laughs> well, yeah. that was... Oh, that's the redheaded guy. What's CSI his name? CSI Miami, yeah. Uh, that no. that doesn't even count. That's the original. No, it's not the original. I thought it was. No, CSI, the original, was set in Vegas. It wasn't even titled a city. It was just CSI. Well, it took it off when the redhead guy took Gil over. Gil Grissom. No one cares about the redhead guy. Who's Gil Grissom? The bug guy. Like the big, He had a big beard and he was had a round face. He married Sarah Seidel. Her name, Sarah Seidel. Hmm. You don't remember him? Is he the guy he's from the Manhunter? He's guy. Oh, I, don't, I didn't see that. You've never seen Manhunter? No. It's you like, told me about it. It's like the original Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I know what it's about. I haven't seen <sighs> it. I thought we saw that. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think that's what you're talking about. Gil Grissom, I think, is that guy. It might be. It probably is. They're yelling on their phone right now at he's me. Bow-legged? Because I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Uh, so NCIS 2003 to the present, which is just crazy. Now we come to Law and Order. Law and Order. Good old Law and Order. Lenny Briscoe. Mike. Uh, oh, what's his last name? I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Paul Servino. <coughs> it was Mike Dzunza. I don't even pronounce his name, but uh, it started out with him mm-hmm. and Mr. Big. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the original, too. <sighs> Mr. Big from Sex and the City, by the way, but Chris Law Nuff, and Order first, right? yes. And then Paul Sorvino replaced Mike Zunza. Or I think his name is Mike Zunza. Yeah. Law and Order went through some changes, a lot of cast changes, but it never changed. Yeah, but you saw one where Lenny Briscoe... Wasn't Lenny Briscoe? Lenny Briscoe was an attorney. He was an which attorney. Which was crazy. Before he was on as a cop. Yeah, all 400 and whatever episodes there are. I can't even remember how many episodes. It's 1990 to 2010. I think it was 20 years of the original Law and Order. So that's not even counting Law and Order SVU or Law and Order Criminal Intent. That's just the original Law and Order. I'm pretty sure I've seen 80% of them at least twice. <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about that. I can't remember what channel. I think it's the Wii channel right now. Is playing every episode of Law and Order. And, yeah, there there like are a few. Starting from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. There are, are a few that I haven't seen. More of the newer ones with the lady detective. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. But I know I haven't seen all of those. And, obviously, I hadn't seen the one with Lenny Briscoe as an attorney. That's I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Bending, yeah. He was not a cool guy either. He was kind of a schmuck. Yeah. 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 But you know, baby's dad. (laughs) Dirty dance. Right. Uh, He tried to put baby in a corner. He did. But it didn't work. Nobody. 
Nobody. <laughs> so we've talked about Law and Order a lot um, between the two of us. And many times we've tried to figure out what our favorite cast is. Or even if you could pick, but it would be hard to pick them if you haven't seen them in the same episode together. It's, it's definitely got to be Lenny as one of the cops. And I think it was uh, Benjamin Bratt. They were pretty great when Benjamin Bratt was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Miss Carmichael, whatever her... F- Abby Carmichael? Is it Abby Carmichael? Mm-hmm. Can't think of the actress's name. Angie Harmon? Angie Harmon, yeah. And uh, yeah, Jack. Yeah, Jack Angie McCoy. Harmon's pretty great. I do... I love... Angie Harmon's probably my favorite assistant DA. Of course, Jack McCoy is my favorite character. There's some episodes where she didn't take shit from anybody. Even Jack McCoy no. put him in his place. But neither did Claire. Right. Or even... Uh, Serena. The blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who we watched one earlier to yeah. yesterday. Was, yeah. yeah. I totally should remember these actresses' names. I don't remember them. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know Lenny Briscoe's name is Jerry Orbach, but... We could probably talk about Law & Order just as one <laughs> single podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure maybe later we'll do a favorite episodes or top ten episodes of Law & Order or something. Then we can also talk about how everyone starts on Law and Order. Right. Because yeah. as you go back through, you know, you watch them for the first time and you don't know who these people are. A lot of them are just no names. And then you watch them as reruns 20 years later. It's like, holy crap, there's Booger from that. <laughs> what, what's, yeah. 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 So many. Yeah. I mean, just so many people got their, got their big break at Law, from Law and Order. Yeah. Definitely, you see a lot of actors and actresses early on in their careers doing episodes of Law and Order. Yeah. It's always fun to see that. So many. <laughs> Adam Schiff was the best DA, I think, probably. You think? Yeah. Yeah, Law and Order. That's a great one. And anytime it's on, I mean, it's just like a it's like comfort food or a lap blanket. You can just always turn it on. Yeah. And like you were saying today, at any given point on three or four different channels... There's some procedural on, usually law and order. I've never been to New York City, and I want to make sure that they are taking they're taking care of <laughs> keeping criminals where they need to be in New York City. They were doing some interviews today in between the episodes of the cast, and they were saying they would walk down the street, and people would be like, "Hey, law and order!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh goodness, I hope people don't run up to them actually reporting crimes. That'd be crazy. I like how they're always getting a pretzel or a hot dog on the street, too. Or coffee. Coffee, yeah, the blue cup. Yeah, yeah. the little blue cup. They eventually changed to the Seattle's Best Cup. Ah. But it, also, it always was the the blue cup. Yeah, that yeah. little vendor blue cup or whatever right, it is. It, I think it has, like, a poker hands on the bottom of the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Criminal Minds is another one that is still going on, 2005. Is one that started. Still alive. Yeah, got some longevity. Still making episodes. I never really watched that. I've seen a couple episodes, but... Yeah, I liked it. Isn't it funny how they're all pretty much the same, and yet you have your favorites. But see, yeah, and uh, and it started out, it was uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, the guy that... Um, oh, right, on Criminal Minds? Him and uh, Catherine Erb, is that how you pronounce her name? Are you talking about the people on Criminal Intent? Oh, Criminal Intent. Sorry. I thought you were... Yeah, this is Law and Order Criminal Intent. That's different. Criminal Minds is a completely different series of... I've never seen that. I haven't seen it. No, this is Criminal Minds. Um, 
And I'd have to look it up. I know I've seen one or two episodes, but. All right. Uh, Blue Bloods with the old mustache himself, Tom Selleck, from 2010 to today. Tom Still Selleck. going on. I don't think he's ever going to look bad on TV. <laughs> Donnie W., your favorite, Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> on Blue Bloods. Yeah. And Bridget Moynihan, of course, rounding out that cast. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring it back to the 80s because I forgot to mention Miami Vice, which does still count as a procedural. Yeah. 1984, yeah, to 1990. Eddie Jimmy almost. <laughs> and Tubbs. You remember his name? Oh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Philip <laughs> Michael Thomas. Philip Michael Thomas. I knew it was three names. <laughs> yes. And you have Philip in there. <laughs> John Philip Sousa. <laughs> so, back to the mustache. Uh, Magnum P.I., 1980 to 1988. That still counts. Well, yeah, we were watching Magnum P.I. every Thursday, I think, or Wednesday. I just don't remember that being a procedural. I guess I didn't really think about things being well, a procedural. Well, he was a private eye. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, he had a team of guys helping him, but... Yeah. Magnum always got his Higgins. Man. Higgy baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Chips, 1977 to 83, the original Jeez. Chips. Larry Wilcox and Eric Estrada. Did you like Ponch or did you like John? I was a Ponch guy. Come like... on. <laughs> Obviously. I loved when he was in the new Chips movie. Even the, I'm sure many people that like the original Chips TV show hated the movie. But John Beggar was... He's a handsome every man, though. <laughs> yes. Larry Wilcox. Larry yes. Wilcox. John Baker was just fine, but something about Eric Estrada back in the day. Yeah. He can give you that side-eye wink and the big teethy <laughs> grin. Yeah. Very cheesy. Yeah. But it was the 80s, so what are you going to do? You know, late 70s, early 80s. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. And then another one that went from a TV show to a movie, uh, and from a more serious, dramatic TV show to a comedy, really, is 21 Jump Street. Oh, uh, yeah. Never saw one episode of 21 Jump Street. What? Yeah. That was in your prime, 87 to 91. It wasn't on my radar. <laughs> I had other stuff going on. Oh, Johnny Depp. Also in the movie, by the way. Oh, he was? Just for a couple minutes. Hmm. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those are all the procedurals. Not all the procedurals, but ones that I made a note of that I've at least heard of and probably seen an episode or two of. I really feel like I didn't think about procedurals, though, until Law & Order. It's the fact that when it comes on, we will watch it. <laughs> and there's almost always another one coming on right after it. Yeah, yeah. They run them like ten in a row. It's true. So by the they're running credits to another one, you hear the doom doom. <laughs> You're already tuned back in. You're hooked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I wonder if it's I wonder if it's just the the pace of the show and the the style of the show where it's, you know what you're getting every single time. It's the same show every time. <coughs> That's what it is. You know what's coming. Yeah. You know the formula. Yeah, the formula, yeah. If anybody has, if you've ever heard John Mulaney, a stand-up comedian, uh, yeah. talk about Law & Order, 
Go look for it if you're a Law & Order fan. If you haven't heard him talk about Law & Order, it's so funny. It is pretty funny. What, I don't remember what all he says, but yes. It is the... Is that the one with the guy? They're always talking to the murder police? Is that that? Right, right. <laughs> I can't take time to stop loading boxes into my van. How often do you talk to the murder police? <laughs> Yeah, that is that is good. The bartender who never forgets anything. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Purple shirt lady. <laughs> the guy she was with. <laughs> she was having a great time. The guy she was with wasn't too happy though. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, some more unique uh, shows that came up when I was looking through lists of procedurals. And these ones, let me know what you think, because I'm kind of on the fence as to whether they're actually procedurals, but X-Files came up. So that was 1993 to 2002, and then another little bit here in 2016, and some movies. Yeah, they are FBI, but uh, we, can, we can easily put that right in the sci-fi category. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows, right? Roswell. But they do have <laughs> regular... They do, they do, you know... It's a disappearance of a person, and they're mm -hmm. investigating the disappearance of a person. Yeah. You know, maybe by the end of the show you find out... The Smoky Man is on it? a blob monster of some kind <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so X-Files is on the list. Um, Dexter was also on the list. So, uh, Dexter, of course, Michael C. Hall, Jennifer Carpenter, uh, 2006 to 2013, was a show on HBO about a serial killer working at a forensics lab. No spoilers. But, well, it's not a spoiler, you know, episode one. But, I mean, they do investigate things, and they show crime scenes and this kind of thing, so I'm assuming that's why it kind of falls into... There are forensics being shown. Yeah. Uh, forensic investigations. Yeah. So, although it's a drama, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily the quote, realistic treatment of professional procedures in the truest sense of the word, but they were filed in there under list of procedurals. The blacklist was also on the list. That's, more FBI, yeah. Yeah, more FBI. James Spader and uh, Megan Boone, 2013 to... I thought it was canceled, but it said it was present, still going on, so... Well, thank goodness. <laughs> um... <laughs> I liked it. I was liking it when I was watching it, but then I don't know what happened. It jumped the shark. Yeah, well, a lot of them do. And then the last two on the list here for the kind of unique shows that I found were Psych and Reno 911. So, obviously Reno 911 and Psych, to some extent, are more of the comedic style. You mentioned another one, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So are they procedurals, even though, I mean, they are showing... They are situation comedies, but they do have procedures going on. They, there's a crime, they investigate, Yeah. and there's a resolution of some kind. So is it a procedural? It, there has to, you know, like situation comedy, there has to be another, you know, there's ro romantic <laughs> comedies, there should be a... Procedural comedy? Procom or something, yeah, like a <laughs> procedural comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's on the list. It's it was on a couple lists that I found. So if you're gonna label something a procedural and it's a comedy, they're they're it's both. I guess. Yeah. I guess they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Nah. 
So we've been talking about all these independent shows, and a lot of times I think they get lumped into if you just say IDTV, even though IDTV is actually a channel. The ID Network is a channel. Investigation Discovery. Mm-hmm. And WeTV and Sundance, although they are not specifically for just investigational stuff, is IDTV the one, or ID Network, the one where Joe Kenda is on? Lieutenant Joe Kenda? <laughs> yeah. Homicide Hunter? <laughs> yes. Probably, what, 40, the first 48 is on and all those shows. Like, yeah. those are real life shows. Yes. Um, but we, we TV and Sundance very often have reruns of Law and Order, Blue Bloods, Criminal Minds, all these procedural shows. Yes. So at any given time, of one of those three channels... I know on WeTV you get a lot of commercials for, uh, you know, Love growing, and growing up hip hop. <laughs> yeah. Shows All the I, other sh reality shows that yeah, are on there. Reality shows. But it does show a lot of Law and Order. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, HLN, which is CNN's Files, little yeah. sister network. Uh, yeah, if, as soon as they're done with the news and once in a while how it really happened with Hill Harper it's forensic files yeah day and night which that's a real crime so yes. does that count as a procedural they actually show real crime scene right photos like on that show. blurry bodies on the ground and sometimes not so blurry yeah <laughs> so forensic files yeah dateline as we mentioned before all about the camo Keith Morrison. Keith Morrison. But it's that it's that reality, right? It's them talking about real crimes that really happen with real people. <laughs> yeah, and if you, if it's not Keith Morrison, it's usually another investigative journalist who is basically putting words in the mouth of the person that they're interviewing. <laughs> like, were you shocked? And then they go, "I was shocked." Yes. <laughs> Nothing left to say. Nothing left to say. Yeah, <laughs> I will say an hour-long show probably could be 15 minutes. Yeah, they could shorten it up a bit. Oftentimes, but, you <laughs> but, know, you got to have that drama. Yeah, Keith Morrison is the key to Dateline's success, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. I think there should be a Keith Morrison uh, choice on GPS. <laughs> or like Siri's voice totally. should be Keith yes. Morrison. Take a left. So Keith Morrison, oh, if you're listening, the next roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of redirect, re-evaluating yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Re-evaluating. <laughs> he'll no, he'll just make the sound. Mmm. <laughs> In a quarter of a mile. Turn right. Oh, Keith Morrison, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> what else you got? Well, we were going to talk about podcasts. So. Aside from our obsession, not just your and I's obsession, but obviously mainstream America's obsession, and probably more countries than America, all of these shows wouldn't be in existence if people weren't fascinated by true crime. I am riveted to my car seat waiting for the next Serial episode. Yeah, Serial is great. Of course, we got hooked in with the Adnan Syed story. Yep. And the other episodes were great. I know we're finishing up. Um, they're about to release the last episode of the courthouse in Cleveland. Ohio, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dirty John was another Dirty John. series. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that Dateline actually covered, do you remember? Yeah. So, I think if you were going to watch that in a particular order, I would definitely listen to the podcast first and then watch the TV show. The yes. Dateline episode. If you love true crime stories and amazing triumph, <laughs> listen to Dirty John. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I don't think you've started listening to it, but... And this is this show's been out for a while, but I just started listening to My Favorite Murder. I have not listened to it yet. It's uh, two ladies talking about murder and uh, various true crime things. Um, they're talking about real crime, but it's this obsession. What do you think this obsession is with us and crime and <laughs> abnormal psych? Well... You and I will both sit here watching a crime show, a true crime show, and be like, what do you need? Why'd you wear your own shoes? You know? <laughs> like, we're, we're screaming at the TV at these people like, well, you couldn't find gloves to wear? You knew you were going to be killing somebody? Yeah, I can't believe you left those fingerprints. I can't believe you just touched that doorknob. Yeah. Didn't think yeah. to pick up the shells? Yeah. As if we could get away with something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goodness. So I think that's part of it. It's just like you think. Well, what was the one we just watched? Was I'm it a Dateline? On... The Dateline episode where the lady said she solved her husband's yes. crime being falsely convicted by watching Forensic Files. She watched Forensic Files and Dateline and started doing her own investigating. Followed these criminal though who which who they were. Um, oh, I'm sorry, they weren't in prison. Right. She was, she was following these suspects around, or persons of interest. Right. And she would just follow them around, and whenever they discarded a cigarette or a, you know, a soda bottle or whatever, a soda can, she would go and put it in a Ziploc bag and send it out to have it tested <laughs> for DNA on her own dime. I really wonder how the chain of custody works with a private citizen doing she that. She got her husband exonerated. Yeah. Because the, she's the one who solved it. It's incredible. And it was pretty great. And it's all because of America's obsession with true yeah, crime. So, yeah, I I imagine there might be a fraction, you know, segment of society that's maybe studying these shows to do bad. <laughs> yeah, there's always something though. They're not ever going to tell you all the things. Right. Which is good, because we probably don't need to know all the things. Right. I'm not going to kill anybody, but if I did, <laughs> you want KMO to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah, true crime. I used to really be obsessive, I guess. Not Maybe not to the point of obsessive, but fascinated with serial killers. Until a good friend of mine bought me a 10-disc CD set, DVD set, with a myriad of little vignettes of serial killers. And by the time I got done watching that, it was like it cured, it was like exposure therapy. Like it totally cured my need to watch a bunch of stuff with serial killers. Not that I don't still enjoy it. I mean, Silence of the Lambs, obviously amazing. Fiction. Uh, but I did watch the How It Really Happened with Ted Bundy, even though I know a lot about his crimes and I've read a lot about them. And as you know, I volunteered at the crisis line where he volunteered, although it wasn't the same building. Uh, but I read... That's not why you volunteered. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, 
No, but I did read the Anne Rule book that she wrote about him, uh, The Stranger Beside Me, I think it's called. And yeah, that none of that did it. But the the sooner, as soon as I watched that DVD set, I was like, I'm so done with serial killers. It was like overload. But yet I'm still fascinated with true crime and IDTV. Did you learn a little bit about the mind of a serial killer? Do they all have some one thing in common? No. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Yeah, I. I mean. There are frequently times when people had some kind of trauma in their childhood, but lots of people have trauma in their childhood and don't end up being serial killers. So the argument is always, you know, nature versus nurture, or is it a little bit of both? You know, were they born with a predilection, kind of like getting cancer? Were you born with a, a gene that could be flipped on and then something environmentally flipped it? That's some people. I think that's where I would fall in. Like, yeah. I had zero trauma as a child, my whole entire childhood. Yeah. But I get in my car and I drive to work and I want to commit murder. A little bit of road rage? A little bit. I push it back. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> road rage might have to be a whole other episode. Yeah, no kidding. So, what do you think? Final thoughts on uh, ID TV and True crime and procedurals. Yeah. Um, you know what? Law and Order. They better not take it off. They better not just remove Law and Order. They just keep running reruns like they did with Gilligan Island. When we were, you know, Gilligan's Island was always on when we were kids. Just keep Law and Order on TV and I'll be happy. <laughs> because it's a comfort? It is. You know, in the end, justice will be served. Well, not always. Sometimes there's not guilty verdict. More but, often than not, it's guilty. But, but that's justice being served, right? Sometimes. Jury sometimes it's peers. not. Well, if you're looking at it that way, yes. I guess there are episodes where they settle, but yeah. Well, there's some episodes where they, you know, you know they're guilty and they get off. If some guy sneaks into the courtroom with a gun and kills somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's not really justice. No. Good point. No, but that's about it for me. All right. Well... That's uh, that's it for me, too. Procedurals. Go check out My Favorite Murder if you haven't heard it already. And Serial and uh, Dirty John. There's so many great podcasts out there talking about just true crime if you're into that kind of thing. Let us know if there's something we missed that you'd like to talk about again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at contact at willallbedeadpodcast.com. You can check out our website, wellbedeadpodcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook at Facebook slash Someday Will All Be Dead. Because, you know, that's why true procedural, true crimes and procedurals exist. Someday we all will be dead. And that is a fact. <laughs>